Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Padula Neal. Somebody said the best of the best was back in town, and so we're here. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week is our last episode of the year. And as always, it's our look back on the best comics of the year. So this is the best comics of 2023. The best of the best. Now, if you're new here, I'm going to get this out of the way right now. You will not be hearing our picks for best comic, best writer, or best artist. For that info, you're going to have to wait until the beginning of January for the first episode of Geek Card, the flagship show where we, we count down the best comics, TV, and movies of the previous year. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we're actually going to go through a number of categories to talk about some of our favorite comics of the year using a list as a template from the old Wizard magazine. They used to do a best of the best every year, and they had a bunch of different categories. And well, they're not around anymore, so I stole them. And <laughs> I've been using them now for the past several years. And so me and Petula are going to tell you our picks for a number of categories, starting off with the best hero or protagonist of 2023 in comics. Petula, what's your pick for this year? Well, I went with one of the heroes from one of my new favorite books, and that is Layla from Sirens of the City by Joanne Starr and Carrie Randolph. This is a weirdly timely pick. She's a young woman who, due to uh, some unprotected relations with her boyfriend, uh, she has a, a surprise pregnancy. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, she also finds out that she is a siren as her powers start to manifest. And her boyfriend's also some kind of uh, demon background. She finds out later what his story is. And I actually don't want to spoil that much because this series is relatively new. It's still going on. I have like the first five issues. Uh, but for reasons, also because it turns out she has a mom who has kind of like a power-based background. A lot of people are after her for this baby. But this baby is draining the life force from both her and the father. Ooh. So they've been both feeling poorly. It's not like a sympathetic kind of situation. So obviously if somebody is with child and that might be affecting their health and their life, you might want to think about your options and choices. But... People keep hunting her down and kidnapping her because they want to have the baby be born because it will have superpowers beyond just the regular siren powers and uh, his background powers. So there's a lot of body and choice stuff going on in there. But it's also like a gorgeous book and just Layla's journey. I like that she starts off just like regular girl who has a boyfriend, that they were not 100% responsible. So she's dealing with that on top of dealing with finding out about her powers, on top of just the frustration of both of those things. Right. And uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, like the character looks great. It's almost like if you took the kind of punk daughterman storm, but made her uh, younger and more focused on the water-based powers. Like that's kind of her vibe and look. It's sort of like yeah, Dodderman Storm meets uh, Spider-Punk is her aesthetic. Okay. And just the, the art style in the book, it's almost like black and white, but then the most of the color comes from like telling you who someone's powers are, like, or what type of power someone has. So certain powers have more red, certain powers have more blue. It's just gorgeous. She's awesome. Uh, it's still ongoing. It's one of the ones in my box at the local and... I can't wait to see what happens. And I love for her to have some choice over what happens to her body. Yeah, no, of course. That has nothing to do with what's going on in the world right now at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Not I put this all. on my list like ages ago. And oh, yeah. uh, 
yeah, it just ended up being that being at this point in the series right now is, ugh, yeah, but comics aren't political. Let's go. No, of course not. <laughs> they yeah. never, there's never politics never. in comics at all. Mm-hmm. Never. Um, but yeah, that was a very, uh, very cool, very deep pick, very timely pick. Uh, my pick is more of a classic this year. And if you've been listening to this year's season of Back Issue Bloodbath, you heard us talk about the return of a legendary character to Titan Comics, Conan the Barbarian. So far, his first story arc has come out. The second story arc has just begun, uh, written by Jim Zub. It is akin to the classic Savage Sword comics of the 70s, but with an updated feel and look. And Conan is just a badass in that book. He looks badass. He acts badass. He's just straight up badass. This is Conan the way Conan is supposed to be, the way he's supposed to be written, the way he's supposed to be drawn. So definitely check Conan out. But of course, you can't have a hero if you don't have a villain. Can't have a protagonist if you don't have an antagonist. And so we're going to pick our choice for the best villain or antagonist of 2023. Petula, what is your pick? Uh, Uncle Bernard from Danger and Other Unknown Risks by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Uh, looks like your friendly uncle who is taking in a child and doing the best they can and encouraging them to go after their dreams and you know helping them get ready for a super quest but uh like all manipulative adults that groom children to become child questers or soldiers uncle bernard is just a garbage person and all of his uh goals are very self-serving and we get Really, just some Xavier Dumbledore level nonsense from this man. So <laughs> instead of going for my usuals, <laughs> although the sunsetting of the Comicsology app almost had me putting Amazon again <laughs> this year, I- I'm going to go with an actual character from an right. actual comic. Right. <laughs> well, no, fair enough. That character gave Man Caves a bad name. He really did. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But yeah, no, that's that is a great pick. My pick is actually from Nightwing, of course, for the past few years now. Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo have been doing an amazing job on Nightwing, and they've done some crazy stuff. And a couple of years ago, they introduced a character called Heartless. But I feel like this year is where Heartless really, you know, kicked off. You know, a, a maniacal killer who pray, he's preyed on the homeless before and he's stolen their hearts. He's now gone even further. Now he's pushing his way up the ranks in organized crime. And this year he used an army of henchmen to assault Bloodhaven's private prison to free and arm all the inmates. And he did partially to demonstrate that Bloodhaven couldn't be controlled or changed. But the main reason why he did it was to create a distraction so he could meet up with Tony Zuko. Tony Zuko, the man who killed the Flying Graysons. And so he forms a team up with Zuko. And a lot about Heartless's origins and how he became a killer have really been explored this year. And, uh, yeah, he is... Uh, He's a force to be reckoned with. It's actually his identity, his true identity has been revealed as well. And so he's now in a position where he can hurt Dick Grayson from multiple fronts. And uh, yeah, he's just vile. And sometimes you just want your villains to be villains. It's great when you have a villain that is justified and that you go, oh, he's kind of making a point. But it's just as great to sometimes have a villain that's just truly sinfully evil. And that is what Heartless is. So that's my pick for best villain or antagonist of the year. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, and it just, you know, protagonists and antagonists, heroes and villains, you got to have some other people in the book. And with that comes some very cool supporting characters. Tula, what's your favorite supporting character in comics for 2023? This one is uh, one of my first picks from the bigs. And it's deliberate shade picking them as a, a supporting character. So I'm going for homie Nathaniel Essex, a.k.a. Mr. Sinister, 
uh, specifically the wrap up in Sins of Sinister Dominion One. He would think that he should be best villain or hero, but even when he's actually having a moment of like his long con thousand year inceptioning himself into other people plan working out he's still not even giving main character energy like moira others they're still running circles around him he's just like so like it's mr sinister it's it's always going to be the most comical campy he's camp that mm-hmm. met gala a few years ago where the theme was camp and so many people weren't getting it it's like mr sinister that's a look right there that someone could have done yeah. just on the face of it yeah so he's just messy and just the ego like trying to use charles's line in one of the i don't know if it was in the dominion or another one to me my me's like come on get over yourself (laughs) but he was fun so supporting character Yeah. yeah there was a lot of sinister but you're right it was always kind of the the other people in the story always ended up becoming more important, but he was around a lot. So he set up a lot of stuff this year, totally. Uh, Sinister's a great pick. My pick, a little bit off the beaten path, it's from a uh, image comic called Local Man, which uh, the story, the overall story of Local Man is a guy who was a superhero, who's kicked out of a superhero team, has kind of been disgraced has moved back to his hometown and has kind of become a masked vigilante, even though legally he's not allowed to because the super team uh, that he got kicked out of uh, basically put a bunch of cease and desist because they own not only the rights to his name, but the rights to him doing heroic deeds. And so it's kind of a, it's an interesting story where a guy's trying, who's trying to be a hero when he's not, the most heroic and also can't legally, but he has this dog pepper. And that is my favorite supporting character because pepper is this dog that seems to be indestructible. And he's supposed to be just a regular dog. He was the family dog. When he shows back up to see his family and the dog's still alive, he's like, what's this thing is like 20 years old now. And it seems young and spry. And then every time it looks like the dog has been killed because the dog follows him everywhere. He's still alive and they haven't revealed yet what the mystery of this dog is, but I have a very strong feeling that Pepper the dog is going to become a big deal in the comic local man. And just, you know, sometimes you root for the dog, you know, you root for the dog. We love dogs. There you go. Now this, this next category is actually not from wizard. And when I put it in here, I was like, it's weird. Wizard never had this because to me, it seems like a no brainer. Because when it comes to comics, especially mainstream comics, people love a super team. People love a team. And so we've put in a new category, best team or ensemble. So, Patula, what is your pick for the best team or ensemble of 2023? So, Ten of This came out December 27, 2022. But I saw other people had this one on year-end stuff. So I'm like, it's fine. Okay. Um. It is uh, the Amazons, specifically uh, in their fight versus Heracles in Historia Book 3, Wonder Woman, the Amazons, uh, by Kelly Sudaconic, Nicholas Scott, colors by Nat Kwok, letters by Clayton Coles. This fight, all of the fights are great, but this one is very, like, it starts off uh first one, Amazon versus Heracles, and he's, like, huge. And then, like, all the other, like, amazons just roll up on him and there's like a beautiful uh panel that's just this was also in my list of maybes for best panel of just them giving him the gears and like the caption is like basically like the amazons really quitted themselves well that day that's not the exact wording but it was just a real real family team up moment like very single ladies is kind of playing in the background in my head. <laughs> it's it's just all happening. It's just really great. Oh my god! Yeah, it's they the way that panel is. It's just it's like a circle kind of vibe, and they're all just surrounding him and piercing him, wrapping him up. He's just getting owned. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. 
it's girl, 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 girl on Heracles. And it's a great time. Awesome. My pick for best team or ensemble is also DC Comics and does involve a bunch of powerful women as well. And that is The New Birds of Prey, written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Leonardo Romero. Four or five issues have come out thus far, and it is, it is just a killer team. You got Black Canary, Harley Quinn, Zealot, Big Barda, and uh, the Cassandra Cain Batgirl. So, like, it's, it is a, it is a badass team being written by somebody who has a, Ear for dialogue. Of course, we know Kelly Thompson knows how to write interesting, distinct characters where everybody sounds different. And uh, they sound very different here. And it leads to some great comedy, some great action, and actually some hard-hitting drama. Because the the whole book, the whole reason why this team has come together is they're trying to save Black Canary's sister. And I'll get into later, possibly, why that is. Yes, yes. So there we go. Uh, but you brought up in your last pick talking about, we're just going to jump to this and we'll go to the, we'll, we're going to switch up the order a little bit. You brought up in your last pick the, uh, the best single panel in a comic for this year. Of course, I've always thought it was pretty cool if you can pick like a moment where you like looked at a panel this year and went, damn, that is one fine looking comic. That is one fine looking piece of art. And so, you know, maybe it tells a story, maybe it just looks awesome, but it's there. So what is, what is your pick for the best single panel in a comic in 2023? Uh, I'm picking the penultimate panel from issue four in The Cull by Kelly Thompson, artist Mattia Deolius. I don't know how to say her name. Yeah, I believe it's it Mattia Deolius, yeah. It's... A moment. The whole book is ridiculously gorgeous. It's like this kind of photorealistic, but like heightened sort of almost you have the first part of the first book where we're sort of very much in the real world. And then they go through sort of a magical mystery cave situation. And we end up in a world where they're getting powers manifested and we see uh adorable creatures that end up being slightly less adorable <laughs> as you <laughs> proceed uh through the environment uh but uh the girls themselves and it's a very kind of paper girls if if you like paper girls you would also like the call uh they manifest uh powers as well that uh visually lux's powers are kind of the least interesting at the beginning like one gets gorgeous fairy wings one sort of gets flowers and whatnot but in this panel which is really where things are about to really pop off because it's five issue run and this is uh the penultimate panel in issue four uh lux is done having it and uh she's saying quite strongly i don't think so um the eyes the hair the expression the you know crying cried out makeup face and just the the resolve and the menace and the way her hair is doing kind of a trendle situation we have kind of creepy tendrily slurpy monsters in this book and her look right now is uh up until this point i thought oh the monsters have it looking at this panel i'm not so sure so i'm very excited for the yeah, last one in that this is run. yeah no it's a pretty it's a pretty hardcore moment in that book it was yeah, Lux, uh, Lux has been pushed too far. These, these monsters have, uh, made it personal. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's really in that one big panel of just her face. Yeah, you feel it totally. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, my pick, because of course the Kelly Thompson book, my pick is another Kelly Thompson book. Uh, back again. Listener, listener, we don't talk to each other about this. No, we don't. We at just, all. we just tend to, yeah. we, we tend to end up having similar picks because, you know, we, we recognize what the best is on certain things. And in this case, Kelly Thompson's Birds of Prey is a lot of fun. And Leonardo Romero, of course, she worked with previously on the Hawkeye Kate Bishop book. I think Leonardo was probably the first artist she worked with that did like these big, panels that I love of like 
let's show an entire big like room and show the hero fighting throughout it. So you see multiple versions of the hero fighting different people. And of course, Birds of Prey has a couple of moments in big panels like this. This is a double page spread of Black Canary, her sister Sin, and Harley Quinn fighting through an army of Amazons because they are rescuing Sin from Themyscira because they're holding Sin there, but she's actually in danger and the Amazons don't know it and they don't really have time to explain to the Amazons. So they're trying to break Sin free and this then leads to them having to fight the Amazons and it is a kick-ass panel because the entire time they're fighting through and of course Harley Quinn just keeps talking and talking and Canary's trying to keep hold of the situation while protecting Sin and making sure Harley Quinn stays on point. It is probably one of the, like, you could sum up this series just by looking at this double-page spread. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, Leonardo Romero, I love when he does this. Great artwork. But that's a single panel. Sometimes you can pick up a comic from uh, one of the big two from mainstream comics uh, in a comic series and of course, it's just one part of a bigger story. But sometimes a story is self-contained into one issue. And those are some of my favorites because it's sometimes it's a nice break, nice break between like big, long, sprawling stories. So what is your favorite single issue story in a series in 2023? My mainstream runner up for this was going to be, it was initially in the slot. And then I was reading a pile of stuff that I picked up at shows with you. Uh, so my runner-up was the Kamakan kind of funeral. Not a lot of action, but you get to see a lot of different people talk about what a cool broad she is. Mm. But this series uh, is called Deep Cuts. Okay. It's about the history of jazz. It's this weird <laughs> image title, and like it's not, it's not connected stories. Writers uh, Kyle Higgins and uh, Joel Clark, uh, artist Danilo Beirut on the first one and in the first issue of deep cuts you uh meet this young kid who is uh a musician gets hooked up with a kind of shady older musician who gets him a job at a well he tells his his mother that it's a did he tell, is it his mother or grandmother but tells her that he's working at a, a lady social club it it's a whorehouse <laughs> uh and the guy's skimming his wages from him and he doesn't know but we just get to watch this kid sort of go through you know his day job where it's you know backbreaking work but in the evening he's getting mentored by uh the piano player at the lady social club who's kind of like the you know, old time me mentor who has a lot of time to teach a kid that's got potential. And we're, it's also set against the backdrop of a point in history where, you know, jazz was on a come up, but it also a lot of the best music was being produced by people who like literally couldn't afford to like have music as their job. So you have kind of like a criminal story, you have um, just this kid sort of going home every day and lying to their guardian and the art's beautiful and you get a lot of rich side characters and everyone's really human this isn't like oh struggle life is so hard this is like the art's lush you could almost hear the music just reading this book and I really like it and I actually I got a couple of the other ones not really loving the following stories as much so I'm not even necessarily recommending the whole series but definitely issue one really like it there you go well that's that's yeah. the thing well it's all about single issues here so yeah totally yeah. issue one that's pretty awesome uh my pick uh is a little bit more mainstream than that and when i read it it made me think of a film that i'm pretty sure you saw at the toronto international film festival when it came out uh originally titled hardcore but then released theatrically as hardcore henry oh my god so great and of course, the big gimmick with Hardcore Henry is that you see the entire film from the point of view of the character, like physical POV. You're the cam everybody's talking to the camera. The camera is the character. 
uh, Bruno Redondo and Tom Taylor basically did this in an issue of Nightwing this year, at the beginning of the year, called You Are Nightwing. It was issue 105, where the entire issue is you see from the POV, the physical POV of Dick Grayson. And so you got fists coming at you and everything like that. It is an amazing issue. It's tons of fun. And as soon as I started reading it, I had flashbacks to Hardcore Henry. So if you're a fan of action, if you're a fan of uh, Hardcore Henry, you're really going to get a kick out of this Nightwing issue. And of course, needless to say, if you're a fan of Nightwing, you're going to get a kick out of this Nightwing issue as well. So that's my pick. But now we move to best one shot or graphic novel of 2023 patula what is your pick for the best one shot or graphic novel and this one i mean it's not exactly this year's ducks or anything but this is on a lot of lists uh pick this up at my annual late fall trip to the beguiling to pile on things to be candidates for this exercise it's monica by daniel klaus and it is a search for a parent, a search for self, a search for what is the real story versus what I remember. Am I the unreliable narrator of my life? Have all the adults been the unreliable narrator in my life? It's connected, but kind of overlapping stories. The art is, if you've read any of those stuff, and again, I guess the most sort of known one is another one that was a movie, uh, Ghost World. Uh, definitely the kind of story that this is not a, a speed run. This is uh, you sit down, you digest it, you maybe book a couple therapy sessions in between if you have any weird stuff with your family. You go back and reread some of the interstitial sections, uh, especially sort of the, the Johnny side story. Um, there's different characters that come in and out of Monica and her mother's life when she's younger that inform the way she behaves as she's older. There's a whole side quest into a cult. It's just, it's meaty, it's beefy. It's, I'd say, a great winter read. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Well, that's good to hear that Daniel Close still got it because, you know, for a while it felt like he was kind of slipping in that. So it's good to hear that he's got another great story out there. So definitely that's one to check out. I haven't had a chance to check that one out yet. My pick is actually one we've covered on the show this year, and it's actually been brought up already on the show tonight. And that is danger and other unknown risks written by Ryan North with art by Erica Henderson. Uh, a girl has gone on a quest in a world where when Y2K happened, it wasn't the end of electronics it was the start of magic and magic kind of took over the world and created a whole new situation and brought about kind of a post-apocalypse, even though there are many places that it's actually not that bad. Uh, so it's one girl's journey to bring about a return to civilization in a world of magic gone crazy and uh, a lot of fun. Uh, this is a, uh, talking dog sidekick, so that's always a good time. And uh, yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun talking about it earlier this year. It is a fun read. If you're just looking for a fun read, this is what you this is what you want to check out. So danger and other unknown risks, definitely. So now we move on to the best limited series of 2023. Of course, limited series these days a lot more popular in comics than they were say like 20 years ago. There's these days, there's more limited series than there is ongoing. But uh, what is your pick for best limited series of 2023? Uh, for this one, I still had to stick with the call because I'm just obsessed and really can't wait to see how this ends, especially the, the energy in that fourth issue. It's giving like early, Game of Thrones season, like episode nine kind of energy when you'd really get those fire ones. I was really thrilled to see this. And I think I stumbled across this back when a lot of comic book creators were leaving X and, you know, everybody's posting their sub stack. I don't remember whose sub stack I saw this on. I think a couple people's and just that that first uh, cover and all the covers are gorgeous. So 
I really enjoyed it. It's something that I kind of picked them up and then piled them away and then didn't start reading until uh, the three were out. I'm actually really glad about that. And yeah, just enjoying it. So I can say as listeners, you know, as we are all uh, dealing with people fleeing different social networks, uh, subscribe to some of those sub stacks because you get some great picks out of there. Because I don't know if I would have stumbled across this one otherwise. Yeah, well, actually, Substack is the reason why the book exists. It's part of Kelly Thompson's deal with Substack. When Substack decided to get into creating comics content by bringing in certain creators, the idea is they set up a deal where you would you would release the comic first on Substack, and then it would get published by Image afterwards. And uh, so, yeah, Kelly Thompson Substack. This is one of the uh, one of the books that uh, debuted on there. So yeah, definitely. Now, The Call would have been my pick if it was finished. Of mm-hmm. course, we're still waiting for one more issue to drop at the time of this recording. So I didn't feel right putting it as my pick for limited series myself, personally. So I went with one that did finish this past summer, and that is Dead Romans, written by, uh, full disclosure, written by a friend of mine, Fred Kennedy, with art by uh, Nick Marinkovich. It's the story of Arminius uh, leading the Germanic army in a revolt against Rome uh, to basically liberate Germania. And it is a historical piece, but he decided to actually make it focused more on a love story about that Arminius believes that one of the main reasons why he wants to do this, is he wants to liberate Honoria, who is also a, a slave to Rome, she serves one of basically the the guy who's in charge of taking care of Germania for the Roman Empire. But he didn't bother to run that by Honoria and didn't ask her where her loyalties lie. And so it becomes a very tragic story of one man leading a revolt against Rome, which Honoria is, you know, basically pledged to. So it's a lot of juxtaposition. It's a lot of like, it's, if people just said what they felt, <laughs> maybe shit wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Maybe things would be better. And this is like such an interesting tale that, you know, set against the backdrop of bloody war, brutal war. It's really just this story about two people that if they communicated better, maybe they'd be in a better situation. And so I really, I really dug it. And yeah, the, the art by, uh, Nick Marinkovich in this is just killer. So definitely worth checking out. Awesome. Yeah. But of course, what do we really read comics for? It's all about the sex and violence, right? Well, we don't have a category for sex yet. I'm actually surprised that we don't. Judging of the way we talk about it on the show, here. yeah, there was a great there was a great scene in the call, yeah, <laughs> where they even shot it from the POZ, POV of a dropped camera. So yeah. I was like, oh, this is just with the whole photo reel style. Ugh, chef's yeah. kiss. There you go. But yeah. this category is actually best slugfest in comics in 2023. A one-on-one fight, or one at least at least one-on-one, one-on-two. One on a couple, like a very personal fight in a way, as opposed to a gigantic battle. So what is your pick for the best slugfest of 2023? Not going to lie, I really struggle with this one. Normally, most years this has been easy. A lot of years it was just like, what's Casagrande up to? Let's throw that in there. Um, a lot of the big fights that I really liked in books that I loved were more brawls. There's a whole like sirens versus incubi like thing in sirens that's gorgeous, but it's not one on one at all. So I'm going. I'm 100% breaking the rules. I'm going with a smuggle of an older title that got re-released this year, but I think it does need some love. Uh, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer got re-released by Massive, so for like physical because it was a Kickstarter a few years back, mm. and from the original the way the issues are broken down because I still have those it's Harriet's uh, first fight with uh, three vampires along the road. So she sort of, you know, kills whoever's like the most aggressive and then Roger, uh, one of the slave catcher vampires are chasing like a family of escaping slaves uh, tries to lie and say, Oh no, it's, it's just 
it was just the three of us whatever and you know just a beautiful like no look uh over the head half court kind of shot but instead uh with a weapon to kill a vampire that's trying to sneak up behind her she's like you want to count again so it's not even like a long one-on-one fight but it's just the way they have the panels uh sort of going in on the vampire's face next to her blade practically sweating blood her with her hand on her blade we cut to the overhead shot then back to her and then after she just ends him with the quickness and his skull falls into like before as it's dusting falls into his lap so you don't see the beheading but you see the head drop in between (laughs) his legs and she just reaches for her flask takes a sip wipes off and a little girl uh from the family that's escaping literally giggles and claps like <laughs> <laughs> so this is an old title it's not genuinely from 2023 but they the re-release like it happened this fall right, right. Well, so it's you, like you like, said the first time it was a kickstarter this yeah. time is this time is a wide release so i counted yeah it's like doing the festival run and then doing the uh the yeah, theatrical so, release and it's getting the push now it's a great title and i think they're maybe gonna do a tv series but who knows with everything going yeah. on with things that got started and stopped but uh i think this is great pick it up if you can uh get the physicals if you can i'm gonna now wait until they're all out and get the collection uh because i love this when it first came out and it's a great time and it's hilarious and ultra violent yeah awesome awesome before i reveal my pick uh for some listeners who might not know i'm a big wrestling fan love wrestling patula of course knows this uh, there's a thing in wrestling known as the Haas fight when it's two, as they use, they, they sometimes call it, what's the definition of a Haas fight? It's two big meaty men slapping meat. That's, that's what it is. It's just beating the crap out of each other. Now We're not talking about the sex category. No, we're not talking about the sex <laughs> okay. category. Now picture that, that idea of a Haas fight, but instead of men, it's women, but not just women. Very powerful, godlike women fighting in Birds of Prey issue four, Wonder Woman versus Big Barda. Mm. And here's the thing though, if it was just that, it'd be amazing. And this is an amazing, like Leonardo Romero does a great job on the pacing of this, on the knockdown drag out. Like you can see how intense this battle is, but then you get the bonus. Uh, because basically they're trying to stop Wonder Woman from catching up to Black Canary and uh, and Sin. You get Cassandra Kane versus Wonder Woman as well. So two different styles of fight. You get the big hoss fight, and then you get this very strategic, like, stick and move type fight. You know, like, you know, dancing around the ring, a great boxing match, like flyweight type match, all in one battle to the point where Wonder Woman doesn't know if she's coming or going. But she's Wonder Woman, of course. So she's the, you know, she's the prize fighter. She's the top contender here. Uh, yeah, it is, it is an amazing fight. It's those times where you just love comics for being comics. It's not, no, no major, like, you know, like real hard hitting message. Just two godlike women slapping the crap out of each other and almost killing each other. It's great. And there's a great use of the Lasso of Truth in there as well. So definitely worth checking out. So now we come to the best new comic that started in the past few months. This is a new category, but I felt like we used to have a thing called best new comic, but then I realized most comics these days only have like a 12 issue run. So most comics are new that year. And so I thought to make it more interesting, let's do one that's, you know, the past few months. So from August till now, what is the best comic series to come out? And so Petula, what's your pick for best comic that started in the past half year? No surprise. It's the call again. Yeah. I'm basic. I'm ride or die. Once I pick something, I love it to death. Yeah. Hey, you know what? My pick is also the call. Yeah, such a such a cool story of like, so it's a group of friends, four girls and one boy, they're teenagers, 
they're coming of age. They're at that point that, you know, next year they'll be going to, to college and everything like that. And what looks like they're going out to make a short film to help their friend who is getting over the loss of their sibling who went missing a year ago. It ends up being a journey that that girl searching for her brother it's like she's giving one last shot of going into the deep caves near the uh, near the water, and they end up finding a hidden like nexus, like a connection to multiple realities in this weird kind of like big f- island that's hidden within this cave. The cave is a portal into this place, and as Petula mentioned, they all gain superpowers, and there's like you really see the you know the the deep relations between these two, these people every character has like very obvious like wants and needs and yeah like everybody's motivations but also it's the power of friendship it's about the power of friendship what you're willing to do for your friend when they've hit the bottom and it is just god it is a beautiful book like the artwork is amazing as you've mentioned over and over again Petula but on top of that it just it is a gut punch of a book where one page you're like wow what the hell is going on the next page you're in deep despair for the shit that the mental shit that people have put themselves through because blame and guilt are two of the most powerful emotions that you can feel and yeah it is I know we love Kelly Thompson off on this show but there's a reason she's fucking good so and i will say it's definitely a mix of the writing and the art because the art in this one is just oh the art is phenomenal this is probably as you mentioned so photorealistic it is one of the prettiest books i've ever seen yeah definitely i just like to look at it like just go back and go over certain panels again and again even like a monster slurping in someone whole like a discarded shoe is like I want to buy the shoe. Like it's just it's done so well. It's like everything's gorgeous. The way we see one of the creatures evolve, so it goes from being sort of an adorable kind of panda thing to very disturbingly reminiscent of that ill-advised cats film. I was uh, thinking cats as well. Yeah, yeah, and just seeing the environment that initially seems so attractive become menacing, but still beautiful and how they quickly sort of instinctively figure out their powers and start to use them together. Like I can't wait for this last issue. I, I can't see how they don't stick the landing on this one. So yeah, no, yeah. it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing book. I'll give you that. Now let's go to our best new character of the year, a character that popped up in comics in 2023. What is your pick for best new character? This is a character that their book came out this year. They had their debut technically, and I think a free comic book day title from 2022, but their actual run, Brielle Brooks, Daughter of Blade, Bloodline, colon Daughter of Blade, (laughs) by Danny Lohr, uh, Karen Estarbo. Colors, Chris Peter, letters, Joe Spino. It's uh, Marvel, obviously. It's Daughter of Blade. It's a short run. I think it's like six issues, four or six. And uh, we meet a young girl in Atlanta with her single mother. They have a great relationship when she's younger, a lot of potential. She's really just in school and extracurriculars. Uh, Then we see her as an older teenager, Clearly something's changed, some problems at school, her hair's, she's coloring her hair, both her and her mother keeping secrets from each other. We find out very quickly that uh, her powers have manifested and uh, uh, they stumble across a vampire on the way home and surprise, surprise, mom knows about vampires too and is just like pulls a stake out of nowhere and helps her handle them and then they have an honest conversation about who's my daddy yeah she's like yeah i had a relationship with the daywalker you know that's yeah uh, there you go my god and what i like about her debut and we know that there's always probably the timing of this character and the timing of when some things are supposed to happen in films like Obviously, they were maybe going to do more Blade things. Some, like, he's got a new run now. 
But just in general, I like the potential of this character. I like that she has her own little group of friends. She lives, she doesn't live in one of the major kind of, you know, Marvel metropolises. Uh, her mom's pretty cool, can handle herself in a pinch. The twist on her powers is that she's pretty useless in the daytime. Her powers are best at night. So even though her dad's the daywalker and he has that advantage, uh, she's much like the, the people that she'll be fighting. She has to be hitting the streets at night. Yeah. And is only really good at defending herself at night. She also has like really basic high school nonsense to deal with. The new mean girl at school that she really doesn't get along with. <laughs> Wonder why. Turns out she's a vampire. So it's just, it's kind of like that kind of fun early Buffy energy okay. where the metaphor for your problems at high school are really demons. But also the, you don't have that typical kind of, you know, reaction to finding out about the dad. It's not as much as obviously some teenage resentment and anger there but we're more focusing on like we have real problems like these vampires that are kidnapping people and that we need to fight so i like that they make her more like a real teen that is had at one point and continues to have and will have now after all these secrets are out a better relationship with her mother it's not as sort of sulky like whiny it's more, okay, this is what I have to handle, and my friends are helping, and we will handle all of this, like, touchy-feely chit-chat stuff later because, yeah, you do need to tell me my dad because you're wild for this. And <laughs> and then you do have a great moment where she does get to fight with her dad a bit, and that's great because you see how their styles kind of complement each other and her powers, she has a little more oomph when she's angry but she can't really go full out all the time like that so she needs to learn i think there's great potential for this character to do interesting things and stay separate from the rest of marvel so i hope they think about doing other runs with her or at least having her pop up in other horror vampire side of things okay cool very cool my pick for best new character is from the aforementioned image comic Local Man about a disgraced superhero who is not allowed to superhero legally and has now become a vigilante. Uh, Jack Xavier, formerly known as Cross Jack. And the reason why he was kicked out of the superhero team was because he was having an affair with the head of the superhero team's wife, who was also a superhero. And basically, he rubbed everybody the wrong way. He got kicked out, and they turned the, the public against him as well. So everywhere he goes in this hometown and stuff, they're like, oh, you cross Jack? It's like, no, no, I'm just Jack Xavier. They're like, yeah, fuck you, cross Jack. <laughs> like they, but he's still trying to figure out what the hell's going on because there's shit going on in this small town, and he's trying to fix it. And it's just very much like when shit happens in your life and – say you take you get a bad rap for it people don't let you forget that shit and so it's kind of a redemption story but it's also a mystery but yeah cross jack jack xavier really interesting character and what's also fun is because it's an image book they made it that his superhero days of when he became you know a big name superhero part of a superhero team and everything like that was very much like the 90s image superheroes. So every issue has a short backstory, which looks like an old image comic. And so they're just poking fun at their own brand here from back in the 90s. And it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and I'm really interested to see where the book goes. So that's uh, Jack Xavier, a.k.a. Cross Jack, in Local Man. So there we go. But now we come to the biggest award that we give on this program. Of course, Best Artist, Best Writer, and Best Comic of the Year will be announced on our Best of the Best episode of Geek Card at the beginning of January. But for now, we're going to pick our pick for Publisher of the Year. Who was the best comics publisher in 2023? But Tula, who do you think holds the crown this year? I... It was going to go with last year's pick again, but then right 
like recently, last week, week before, I got a package in the mail from one of my previous uh, donations, and it was my next collection of Berserker. And I was like, you know what? Boom. You keep doing cool stuff. And you don't just keep doing cool new stuff. You have ongoing things. Other things from Boom are like really happening. And I was like, the Dune stuff that's coming looks interesting. And Sirens is from Boom. I'm I'm gonna give it to Boom. Because not just for the new, but for the ongoing that is getting updated runs, things are restarting. The back catalog's great. I'm definitely going to... I love Image. and Obviously, they're my runner-up. But I got to say, Boom's Giving. There you go. Boom's Giving. That sounds like a, <laughs> an alternative Thanksgiving. Yeah. Boom's Giving. There you go. Well, that's cool. Well, my pick this year is your pick from last year. I have gone with Image Comics. Talking about new series like The Call and Local Man, stuff like that is great, of course. Newburn's back. The Enfield Gang uh, Massacre, which is a spinoff from That Texas Blood, has been amazing this year. And, you know, of course, there's just so many tight things. Of course, the limited series I mentioned, Dead Romans, was uh, was an image title. There's just a lot of good stuff happening at Image and their imprints like Shadowline and stuff like that. So uh, I'm giving it to Image Comics this year. So one of us gave, one of us made sure to get the image at number one. But boom, boom, of course, getting the love is great, too. So we've come to the end of our list of the best comics of 2023. Was there something you guys think we missed that you feel like, oh, no, they should have totally mentioned that? Let us know. Send us an email. Geekartshow at gmail.com. Put back issue bloodbath in the subject line. And, you know, maybe we'll read it in a future episode. Or maybe we'll cover the comic that you suggest that should have won one of our categories. So definitely do that. Batula, where can the good folks find you? On social things at Obesacantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, at inatif.com, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at geekartshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekart. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post the new episode every week. But the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review because it helps with the analytics. And like hell, just just do what you got to do, but do it well and enjoy your comics. It's been Back as Your Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Batonio. Have yourself a good...